Conversations from the Retreat From the Center for Sustainable Stewardship Brought to you in part by Big East Fork Retreat at BigEastFork.com Welcome. Uh, we're back here at the retreat with uh, conversations from the retreat, and uh, our good friend Dr. Jonathan Oppenheimer has been traveling and is back in town from a visit to a big energetic city up there on the northeast. And uh, hmm. I think uh, I think was bubbling with some possible new ideas related to the quality of life insurance. <laughs> we may uh, touch on today. So, New York is a busy place, buzzing, bleeping. Constant noise. Constant noise. Lower East Side was used to be an ethnic place where poor people, immigrants, criminals gathered there because it was the least expensive place to live for immigrants but close enough to the commerce so they could find work and make their lives better hell's hmm. a place in my memory of uh, ancestors and struggles but now you go there and it's a bunch of 20 and 30 year old kids spending lots and lots of money on entertainment and food and the world changes, you know. The, uh, That's like a lot of places spending money on entertainment and food. Mm -hmm. hmm. Let me ask you about quality of life. <coughs> so, as we know, we're used to a different set of circumstances in our lives, and couldn't imagine living in a city like New York. However, that doesn't mean there's any lower quality of life or less of. Um, so that's where I want to have you speak on the quality of life. People's definition of equality is different. Mm. Yeah, got to be. What, got to be. So how how do we how do we qualify that quality? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the quality of life has is of a particular person. A person has that life, and uh, we really need that person's input. We need that person's sensitivities and uh, experiences to understand or to try to understand what what is that person's quality of life high quality of life dependent on that would come from that person wouldn't it folks that choose to um, live in environments that uh, are obviously harsh and uh, brings them certain tough living standards and such why do we choose that man 
I mean, some of it depends on where you're located. Yeah. You know, if you look, um, you look if it's supposed areas where supposedly is the highest quality of life <clears throat> that they talk about, which uh, seems to be the Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. If you look at those countries, if you visit there, um, things... Uh, I, I recently did, so I've, there was just some feedback I had related to that. Um, one of the things is everybody gets two weeks of vacation time. Hmm. Um, actually, it might even be more than that. That's a summer vacation that they get. They generally work about 30 hours a week, I believe, is their work week there. So there, there seems to be more time to spend with family and friends. And... Um, the uh, the healthcare issue. There's not people aren't aren't worried, quote unquote, worried about the same things, at least in in my observation there. And and healthcare is one of those. Um, generally, the hourly income that they receive for the work that they do uh, is enough so that they can not have to worry about the food and their shelter and you know, their health care and the list of of things that in many countries, especially third world countries, people worry about. Mm. Um, Social security? Well, here, that seems like that would be a little bit of something not to worry about. I mean, unless you're going to worry about the fact that it might not be there when you get there. (laughs) But that should should supply some security, though. Yeah, there's there's a security in, in being social. That um, I don't know. It's a, it's a trust in the government. The government's can provide for you. You don't have to worry about your your basic necessities because that's taken care of. Makes people feel secure. I mean, if you're talking about social security, <clears throat> you know, we've actually paid in on that. So it's just kind of almost like a savings fund for you know. I don't know. I don't know how, how it works in other countries. Well, you get so you get a certain payout in, in in dollars and cents per month, but there's no guarantee that you can purchase the things that you need for that amount of dollars. Well, yeah, that's for sure. So and, and over here, it's about a third is generally what they. I mean, it depends on what your standard of living is and how you want to retire, how much you want to kind of you know you want to operate on, but. In general, they kind of say on the average that Social Security is about a third of what you would actually need to retire now. So I don't, you know, interesting. Well, you could retire with a good quality of life policy. You wouldn't need to worry about the money because assuming that the money was used for things that you required for your quality of life if you were to get those things those 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 qualities <laughs> without using the money you'd be you'd be as good if you'd get those qualities without using the money what do you mean well if you can have the quality of life provider for, instead of the money to buy the things you need if if you were part of a community that supplied the things you you'd need Right. Okay. Then, uh, you know, the money really wouldn't be as useful. It's right. a really good point, Jonathan. In fact, which is the whole community concept. That is. I it mean, is. 
this humanity concept, no. <laughs> not just community uh, con humanity concept. Yeah. From the perspective that that I am alive, and this aliveness is proven by my senses. And and the same thing is true for the rest of the population of at least this race at, on uh, on this planet right now. Um, we all identify this aliveness by our senses, knowing that this is a temporary um, uh, phenomenon, because we know that folks around us, whether by by accident or by a ripe old age, um, they don't last, and we know that this is this is but part of the totality that we have to realize as part of our humanity. Knowing that we share this with everyone that has ever lived here on Earth, mm. and will ever, uh, in the future, if you leave the planet in such a way that it has sustenance to provide this same thing for us, that it will in the future. Not our conversation is about sustainability and stewardship. Those elements are part of our humanity. What extent are we providing space for not just this dialogue, but space for future of ourselves, future of me and you? Mm -hmm. What um, the the uh, I lost my thought. I said you took me on a journey. I'm not quite sure. I knew the. Uh, as I was going on this journey, I sort of um, lost track of the road marks that had gotten me to the certain places. And I think I did too. I don't think I can get back to where I was. Oh, I know what I, I know what I was going to say. I was just going to mention related to quality of life. What if you have you know? What if you have somebody that wants the policy and and their quality of life has always been equated to you know material things? Hmm. Um, what will the approach be for something like that? Um, maybe some education is that had all those material things did they really increase the quality of your life? Did you ever have enough of them where you had an excellent quality of life? A quality of life policy is not the best product for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think if you want a quality of life policy um, basically um, quality insurance the quality insurance life and com company basically we just don't insure people who are materialists that's that's probably a good prerequisite <laughs> because we can never ever can't satisfy that sat you never give them a high quality of life it's just, we can't sell you a product if it doesn't serve you. I mean, it right. So, guys, so it could just be a simple question. It on, is, on it the, is. Uh, and also, as you mentioned, it's education and indoctrination, or whatever you want to call it, because ultimately we are not material things. <laughs> so so whoever, as you say, is materialist to the pers perspective or to the point of view or to the extent that they are foregoing the real reason and nature of their existence and their being, which is a spiritual being and here for spiritual advancement and growth, then then this whole 
conversation about giving them a quality of life by way of giving them more things is just moot. Uh, in regards to quality of life, though, as soon as we speak of ourselves as beings um, that transcend this life, then we are obviously on a trajectory that uh, that goes beyond just this one incarnation. Then we care about the children of the earth. We care about the plant kingdom and the mineral kingdom and what they have gone through in order. How many years have they gone through? How many uh, human beings' lifetime have they seen? And and are they also in some form or shape or way have what we call the quality of life in their own way um, do plants have consciousness or rocks or what we call water. yeah water or whatever we call natural kingdom has consciousness of its own well, of course it does so from that perspective everything is me and to the extent that I take responsibility for the whole thing not just segment or part of it, then that gives me more consciousness of knowing that quality of life depends on everyone's happiness, not just a part of the human race or a part of the planet Earth, the whole thing. I'm trying to reconcile that with the competition that we have for, for, uh, for mates. Um, I think part of acquisition of stuff is to provide, uh, to show off as a display of wealth or fitness that allows one to attract the mates of your choice. Mm, yeah. Um, fancy cars and houses and things that cost money offer status that, that people use to compete with. I think too maybe uh, by the time people have reached a point of quality life insurance they're probably over the materialistic part of their life you know that might be part of the transitionary period that's going on for somebody <laughs> uh, well, I we, don't know we, we are, do wonder at the same time there is no there is no dispute that that as human race develops and goes through this process of of uh, more and more um, organization in so many ways, then we don't have to necessarily go through this whole process of being. Uh, yeah, we don't. We don't necessarily have to be barbaric all over again in order to learn these lessons. Barbarism had mm. its place and time. Yes, we had to learn from being barbaric as to what it does, uh, and and not the. Children, I would like to think, have a certain DNA and certain understanding and certain consciousness as they are born that they don't necessarily have to go through the same harsh lessons as our ancestors have in order to live harmoniously as a community with each other, realizing that, yes, there is some limited resources when it comes to uh, uh, physicality of our being but there is this unlimited resources that has no limit into what end when it comes our true nature and and to what extent do we apply our true nature to this limited 
situation and make a beautiful life out of it is the reason for our existence. Manifesting that which is beautiful and creating and that that which we feel like as worth its existence i mean that's a that's a beautiful image thinking about that hmm. um i think lots of times our society is what gets in the way of i mean definitely gets in the way of a lot of that of realizing some of that if you're caught up in the hyper capitalistic super consumerism of our modern times so if one were to do that, what would it look like? Hmm. Is it talking about it or is it doing something? What would be created? Of course, as we are thinking about it, it's already in process of. When we then share it and communicate it and have a dialogue with it, then it's even more going through that manifestation process. And, and then then this is how our reality is, uh, that our reality is, comes through a sound, and that sound transcends everything, manifests that which has ground in its existence. If it has ground in its existence, which means, which means anyone at what level of education or transformation or at what level of uh, manifestation they might put themselves in. Some of us, unfortunately, feel like we are hapless and helpless and we are at the mercy of our environment. Unfortunate because we are human beings. We have a choice, and that choice is mm-hmm. how perceive our exterior circumstances to the best of our ability to make something beautiful out of whatever situation we found ourselves in. And make that, something beautiful. Make something beautiful. Yes. What is this beautiful thing? Tell me more. <laughs> uh, obviously, a beautiful thing couldn't be me sitting by myself just thinking and talking about it. A beautiful thing would be me sharing it with the rest of the world, humanity, and how I can share it, to what extent I can share myself. I mean, music and art, in your case. Mm. I mean, music, art, and creativity and just, is, uh, is the beginning of hand. Of course. I mean, uh, Maybe we can create a story, a common story, and mm-hmm. one has to learn, one has to know the story. One has to create the story and be part of the retelling of the story. And to add to the story, reinterpret the story. <laughs> but you have to understand and be part of the story to be able to get a quality of life insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. To engage in the dialogue. Yeah. And 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 follow uh, what is true to your nature. Um, and those are guidelines that uh, that are overlooked because. Obviously, a prerequisite period of time. Yeah. Obviously, we tend to quickly go and educate someone as if we know better. Practically, the investors, investor wants to know ultimately whether to invest in your policy. <laughs> that would take some time, a little time mm. talking. It seems like in our uh, human history, um, every time we've had a uh, breakthrough, it's been followed by someone going out somewhere by themselves, whether in a cave or in a forest or in a cabin, 
<laughs> I'm doing some self self investigation, self realization and and the deeper they went, the more personal they went, the more universal it is. And it became through whatever form of expression they happened to manifest it. Whether literature, music or just human being. Uh, like Mother Teresa or or I think uh yeah. is that Puddin out there? Is that, I think so. We have a dog Puddin? Puddin is voicing some concern. Bring Puddin in to the to the podcast. <laughs> we need to give him a microphone and headset. <laughs> Pudding Jones. <laughs> Here comes Pudding Jones, Mr. George Jones's dog. None other. None other than. <laughs> There's Pudding. Hi, Pudding. He's a good dog. Pudding. Good. Now lay down. Good. Have a seat. Have a good. seat. Good boy, Pudding. How is Pudding's quality of life? <laughs> To be with his master. All right. And you can hear the jingling of pudding. Pudding in the background. background. <laughs> Besides avarice, um, material, material greed, what quality would uh, an investor avoid in someone before giving a policy to that person? As to say, it'd be hard to support a. To, to, Guarantee a quality of life to to, to strong materialists. Hmm. Um, You're asking if someone is ready to receive a quality of life, because obviously, um, unfortunately, many of us are clueless. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, hopefully that this would also help clue some people in. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, as to the more important things in life and what is true quality of life, how much material possessions will uh, uh, will quench one in order to say, now I have the fullest quality of life. And we go back to our friend Abraham Maslow. And, and in truth, um, for all of us, uh, we don't have to necessarily go through the process of... A, taking care of those steps um, we could we could if we wish to envision imagine a time whereby we have satisfied certain needs uh, and and how it could uh, would feel like and and uh, in a way it doesn't necessarily have to 
take every step. Although, yes, you know, uh, taking care of basic needs at this day and age is not a hard thing like it used to be. We don't necessarily have to toil outside in order uh, every day in order to go hunt our food and trap our uh, food or, or, or farm each one of us for ourselves. No, now we have different ways that we can take care of food and shelter and, and basic needs and then then that need of uh, uh, there's still something else that's missing and the quality of life again goes into those realms that have to do with our higher our realm of existence and our more spiritual nature and our relationship with others and standing in the community and to what extent we are building something that has more to do with our spiritual advancement and less to do with our physical growth so um you know the 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 qualifications of the quality of life insurance mm. policy mm -hmm. should really be uh, a reflection of how the community here operates so once you know, once we figure out <clears throat> what are those guidelines for the quality of life insurance, then we, then we should look at the community that's here and make sure that all those are present. Is mm -hmm. it that kind of a relationship? Well, there's a quality of a community. And well, I guess if someone to activate the policy, one has to be within one has to decide to be in the community. So right. that makes sense. Yeah. And that community has a story. Mm-hmm. I like that. You learn the story and you kind of engage in the story for maybe 30 days. Just evaluation the, before the investor says, yeah, that person is a good mm -hmm. uh, candidate for this. Mm -hmm. If you take, for an example, um, in the Eastern tradition of guruship and discipleship and such, then a, a master would detect whether the disciple is ready mm. for his time, or else he knew that if he were to spend his time with a disciple that wasn't ready, then he would be withholding his energy and time from a disciple that would be ready. And it's the same it principle. Kind of similar thing. Exactly. Same principles apply, as in who is ready to receive that quality of life, to take this quality of life and go with it in way of... It's of, almost like it should be a scholarship. Yes. A quality yes, of yeah, life yeah, scholarship. Yeah, that's a more... <laughs> as yeah, opposed to adequate, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like that. Well, I, I don't think anyone would receive a policy or continue to activate, have their policy activated if they weren't involved in some educational um, pursuit. Right, if they weren't positively growing forward. Yes, yeah, if they weren't right. growing. If they weren't trying or didn't yeah. show an ambition. I mean, to do that's that. part of it. Part of a high quality yeah. of life is continuing to grow. Yeah. Yeah, and learn Step. things and yeah. increase one's wisdom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, true enough. True enough. For yeah. brain health. 
Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. just physical brain health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. you know, since we're, so we're, we're trying to foster improvement, and since everyone starts at a different level, it's mm-hmm. necessary to have a little bit of ambiguity so that everyone can feel included in that community who wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what level they're no at. No matter what level they're at. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's on an, almost on an individual basis, an individual interview at the beginning, that uh, we can get deeper to the specific per, specific qualities of that person. Hmm. Interesting. How does a preacher with a large following? How does he talk to so many people and be understood hmm. by so many people? Must be some commonality. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. I mean, a lot of it has to do, you know, there there are some people that are good at talking to large groups of people, and there's other people that are good on a one-on-one type. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of two different things. There, mm-hmm. almost two different kinds of personalities. But um, I mean, um, if you have if you have a lot of charisma as a speaker, you're you're able to kind of corral people over into whatever you know what it is you're kind of talking about. If you know what you're talking about, you know. And in fact, and then some of those people may kind of fall out of that thinking, you know, when they leave the place or whatever. And some people may not, you know. You know, as far as somebody somebody with a with a lot of charisma. Bigger question is this: Are we ready as human race to let go of spiritual leaders and or 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 uh, guidelines or books or uh, traditions um for for again spiritual advancement or are we still in <coughs> in need of those leaders uh, whoever they might be imams and preachers or what obviously some of us some of us need them, and some of us don't yeah. feel that we do. Um, and you were mentioning, Jonathan, about a certain percentages uh, that you were giving me of of various uh, um, human um, uh, subdivisions, whether scientists or, or uh, educated or non-educated, or high school, or whatnot, as to as to our belief in in God and our relationship with God and. Uh, Fascinating discussion. The more educated we get in general, the less we believe in God. But the better, the more, the more people are able to talk to and have listened to us that do believe in God. Hmm. It's like hmm. you can. You're better at understanding and manipulating the God talk if if you have a certain uh, education, and that can be attractive to people who trying to understand they don't have the education mm. yeah I don't know that's yeah um, there's no denying that religion plays a role huge role in in all our development and understanding and from a perspective of applying the golden rule and, uh, and applying the um uh, the nature of holistic perspective of everything is part of a God and that nothing is outside this God, then we can operate. Um, however, when there's divisions, even within the same religion, 
And when those divisions become at the point, uh, at the source, at, at the meaning of some people's whole lives, their kids born now that unfortunately die not knowing anything other than war uh, between themselves and their neighbors for a piece of land and that is or their belief in a certain god that doesn't allow these other uh, folks to also be part of this land whatever these ideas are where I'm speaking of and we are wondering to what extent how many lifetimes we have to go through until right. those same archaic hmm. yeah 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 I was looking at the Japanese culture a little bit and um, you know one of the main one of the main things there is mindfulness of others hmm. I mean, that, that's at the center of their society there you know to where they're always thinking about the other person you know, you can leave your doors unlocked, you can leave your bicycle unlocked, you can leave your moped sitting there with the keys in it and mm, nobody's going to mm, take mm, it. Mm, mm, you know, I mean, it's, it's, they, that's something that, I mean, it makes a huge difference in how their society operates over there. Mm-hmm. And, um, that seems to be something, and we've mentioned it before, but the mindfulness of others seems to be something that really needs to be at the center of, uh, whatever it is that hits somebody. On education, and yes, indeed. Understanding that well, it can I'm be, not alone. It can be, it can be, ah, what can it be? It can be. You know, in order to have a quality of life, one needs to know that one can go home and have a bed to sleep in, not be molested, have a safe place. Safe place is very important. How does one get that safety, security, that and... that land that that bed is on, or that that room is on, or that that house is on? Um, that gives one a secure feeling. Some people rent that land. Some people buy that land. Some people live on a friend's land. But knowing that that land is there, and that one has access to it. Hmm. That's an important part of uh, yeah. of our well-being. Yeah. And how does one secure that without an army or without a rule of law that um, is enforced? Hmm. Um, I'm just trying to get a little practical mm-hmm. from the... There's some quality there's some things that we can that the policy can ensure such as 80 square feet or Hmm. so many calories and so many vitamins that that are practical Mm -hmm. physical assets or skills and Hmm. I fell off the train. <laughs> I can pick up from the perspective of when do we feel safe enough to, like uh, Tony was mentioning, have not just a society, not just a country, but 
a world whereby everyone f- has that feeling of safety and security, not just a segment, a country, or like I said, humanity would. Uh, uh, how that would look like, and where where are we going to uh, um, pro- start the process? Other than in our hearts first, knowing that first and foremost, I can see that time whereby um, human race has come through this particular uh, obstacle, and this I mean, obstacle you start you start with yourself exactly you know? precisely, and then you start with a collection of twenty people mm-hmm. that have that mm-hmm. absolutely have that and belief, it, and it creates mm-hmm. this community, mm-hmm. and the community has a reputation. And it has a quality of people that are there, and it, you know, it has creates a life of its own. You know, I mean, it's, um, I mean, I hmm. guess if you look at any, uh, I mean, I guess any great, great community. I mean, <clears throat> all great communities had a major army. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But. I mean, it is a pretty interesting point. If you create something that is so quality and so great, and then it's an island amongst misery, you know, then you're going to have, you're going to have to defend your way of life. You know, I mean, that's what that's kind of what you're talking that's about. That's what you, that's what the scenario is. So, other than putting a wall up. Then the other scenario would be how you to ensure the quality of your neighbors. Exactly, yeah. you provide this same quality of life for everyone that is ready to perceive it. Then there is no uh, pejorious prospects. Which is be the beautiful thing about bartering, you know, because <laughs> everybody's exchanging and sharing something, and that just keeps on, you know, outside mm. of the boundaries. You barter with this group and barter and barter, and you know, it's like this. Mm. <clears throat> Well, seeing something beautiful about that. What, what could the community provide you, Tony, mm-hmm. such that you would have uh, you would feel whole about what you're bartering and what you're receiving? Well, I mean, if the community was set up that way, then you would have you know. I mean, everybody has different talents and things that they can offer. Um, I mean, you know, my obvious, I mean, one of my obvious things to offer is, is music. If that has any kind of a commodity, you know, or, uh, I mean, I'm just, again, I'm thinking of my own situation. Everybody has their own unique set of talents and, um, things that they can offer. Um, Mm. I can, I can do woodworking, you know, so I could maybe, uh, you know, barter for, uh, I mean, what would you like? Whatever it is that we're bartering for, uh, but obviously the things that we're talking about. I mean, a secure, safe place, dry place to live, and food, and access to, uh, you know, some uh, some wellness and and uh, healthcare, I guess, if needed, and uh, um, you know, the 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 food. Actually, you know, for me, I. I enjoy cooking, but sometimes it's really nice to have somebody else do that to where you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chef. I mean, somebody to supply that, that's just, it's just, you know, um, 
I guess it's because I do most of the cooking in my place. Me but too. but when I go someplace where I don't have to think about the cooking, it's like a real luxury. <laughs> you know, I re- it's like, wow, this really frees up a tremendous amount of mental energy for me mm. as somebody that cooks mm-hmm. when I don't have to. And it mm. lets me put more time into to the music or the art or whatever it is that I'm, I enjoy cooking. It's called uh, culinary art. For I do me. too. I mean, and, but you're right. Uh, it um, it does take a good chunk of time to cook uh, two or three times a day, especially if you're doing it for the family. Right, and it depends <laughs> on what you're trying to if achieve. Your basic needs are me- are met. It frees up a lot of your mind hmm. to right. do things that, well. That's the problem, isn't it? Modern society, when all those basic needs are met, we don't know what to do with our time. Well, I mean, there's so many issues and problems. We should be spending that time solving some of the problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, exactly. I mean, that's the <laughs> idealist way of looking at it. But mm-hmm. of course, easier said than done. But well, that's what this radio show is all about. That's right. Precisely. Yeah. Well, that's some good. Uh, that's some good quality of life discussion today what do we have here we're at about that magic 45 minute mark is that right but um welcome back Jonathan yeah Hmm. from I mean the quality of life up there in New York City quite a parallel from where we're sitting right here (laughs) there's more stimulation there more people there uh you walk out, you know, you walk out your front door and there's a nightclub two, two doors away and there's a delicatessen. I mean, talk about chefs, huh? Mm-hmm. The cuisine. Of and there's a, a comedy club and all mm. these things to do we can walk to. Mm. That's a very I, I love that. I love that. You just don't need your car there. Don't need your car there. Hmm. And it works. Hmm. A lot of variety. All people... You know, when I'm here, I couldn't sense the people that are around me. I know, I know who I'm going to run into. Here is here is land preserve at biggest fork, the two thousand acre. Land but preserve. in New York City, you you turn the corner mm. and you know there's going to be someone who you, is like a new person, <laughs> but right. you really don't want to engage in that person yeah. because it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's just not done, and mm. they've got something to do. You got something to do. You've got to have your armor on, hmm. and your emotional armor, and your <laughs> even physical armor. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have been told that um, that Masood quit looking at people in the eye and quit staring at people because you just don't do that. <laughs> New York. Yeah, there's some different sets of rules. Well, you've been listening to uh, Conversations from the Retreat. I'm Tony Gerber, and we're here with Masood Taj and Dr. Jonathan Oppenheimer. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Blessings. Blessings. You just heard Conversations from the Retreat. From the Center for Sustainable Stewardship. CSSFamily.org